0: Thank you for listening to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. yay yeah, yeah. How you guys doing? What up? That's what's cracking. Um, you got to love the church man they start me off with protection first the bulletproof podium thank you thank you. I'm, always think about safety first right I'm like who's the drummer man he part of the eyewitness protection program or what? Got a bulletproof shield right there. We good? That's what's up. Oh, love, man. I like, I, like, I like to start off, and you know, it's crazy. I know they're trying to make me feel at home, but this is a bit much, you know what I mean? I'm like, they really going, I, I, but I get nervous because when I see backgrounds like this, all I think about is this. That's how you catch a cholo, set them up in church. It's part of my community service, you know, that's all good. We got uh, some new people in the house, some new people in the house. Make clap if you're new here, clap if you're new here. Okay, that's about all 30 of you. All right, I got it. So that just, that just shows me right now that some people are saved and not saved. So, just for safety reasons. I don't want nobody to see an opportunity, you know what I mean? Because I'm Mexican, man. I'll take anything free. I'll be in a dentist's office. Give me five toothbrushes and a sticker and a balloon too. Be out there in the the parking lot slinging watches and toothbrushes. It's a blessing to be here, man. I I know you guys are already tripping, man. You're already like, man, this church doesn't put a cholo on stage. It's questionable. i like to do a little inventory check right quick. Real quick, man, where are my white people that Make some noise. That's what's up, all right. I, I like white people. You guys got good credit. You know, I, I, I like, but that was like, you guys are brave. There was, it felt like there was only 20 of you here. I'm like, you guys are cops or something, bro, Under, undercover. Where are my black people at? Say what's up. Three of you. All right, you guys are braver. All right, watch what's about to happen. Nobody gets scared. Watch what's about to happen. Where are my Latinos at? You know what's messed up about that, though, is we all came in the same car. That's what's... That's just, that's what. Mexicans will work it out, won't we? We'll put 20 people in a two-seater. We just got to get there. I'll put my own kid in the glove department. Get in there. We're going to GameStop later. Shut up. It's all good, man. So just to introduce myself, I'm from the hood. I'm from Beverly Hills. Uh, That wasn't a joke. Don't get mad because my gang is sponsored. You know what I'm saying? We're gangsters with insurance. We figure things out, we figure things out. These are the jokes for this morning, all right? I'm just reading the cue cards on the back. I'm playing and some of you look. I had about six people go, no, I'm a cholo, I can't read. I mean, I've been to college once, I had to drop somebody off. Do what I do, you know what I'm saying? I I trip out on gangsters though, man, because we always got nicknames after cartoon characters. You guys ever figure that out? It's always like grumpy, sleepy. I'm waiting to meet a gangster one day and be like, hey, what do they call you, Hons? SpongeBob, essa?" Because there's some things that don't make gangsters look tough, and I'm going to give you guys an example. Chapstick. You imagine starting a fight in the hood, and you're like this. What's up, homie? You got a problem or what, essa?" Say it again, dog. Vanilla, Hons. I like to think I'm funny. I'll rewrite some material, (laughs) don't you? I'm here to share a story. And uh, what makes my story a little different is that my parents were the only two to move to the United States from their families. So I never in my life met my mom's side of the family or my dad's side of the family. So I'm literally telling you I have no brothers, sisters, nieces, nephew, cousin, uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa. I got no family, I'm an only child. But my dad was a miserable guy. His life was work television, work television, hated his life, always complaining, abused me and my mother physically and mentally. And he worked in a millionaire company. And the guy who owned the company was a multi-millionaire who was best friends with my dad. And my dad, his hobbies on the side was he was a scuba diver, he was a fisherman. And one day I kid you not, as God is my witness, I can't even make this up. This guy who was a millionaire asked my dad one day, do you wanna go sailing around the world with me on this boat? But he goes, if you come with me, you can't bring your kid with you. I kid you not, as God is my witness, no fairytale story, can't even make this up. My dad came home to a 13 year old kid and pretty much gave me $500 and said good luck. I didn't grow up poor. I grew up in a middle class home. I had toys in my room, clothes in my closet, food on the table, everything was straight. But at the age of 13 years old, my dad gave me $500 and I went from all that to nothing but the clothes on my back, no family to call, alone in the streets with $500 in my pocket. And that's where my journey started. I was homeless for two years. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. But I ain't going to lie, though, in the streets, I learned all kinds of things. Let me tell you, one thing I learned how to do is rent cars without asking people. (laughs) I got involved in the street pharmacy game, the pharmaceutical game. And me and a lot of my homeboys were part-time movers. And what we would do is we'd move things from, like, other people's houses to, like, where we were at. And that's how swap meets got started, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mexicans are responsible for that. And I slept in laundromats, I slept in donut stores, I did the couch tour, I went from friend's house to friend's house to friend's house, but let's keep it honest and 100%, when you're not paying the bills at someone's house, your welcome is gonna run out eventually, am I lying? So I did all that. And I was just wilding out in those two years. So at 15, I meet this girl. Always starts with a girl, right? And this girl asked me one day, we were dating, and one day she asked me, she said, how come you always wear the same clothes and i never seen where you live? And I ain't gonna front, I ain't gonna lie. I broke down, I started crying, I was 15 years old. I told her straight up, I said, I'm homeless, my parents left me, this is what it is. She took me here to her dad's house, and her dad was a pastor for a church. So he heard my story And he goes, hey, you can live in this house, but if you live here, you gotta hear the word of God. I said, homie, I hear the word of anything, I just want a place, you know what I mean? Homeboy could've been Muslim, I would've said, let's roll. I didn't care, I just wanted a roof over my head, you feel me? So I started living with this family, and it was the first time in my life that I saw a home of structure and order, and love, and I never felt that before, or seen it before either. And just to be clear, I never, ever, ever in my life thought about being an actor. I was running the street. I was cool with being on the highway speed chases. That was good enough for me. So what ends up happening was it never, ever crossed my mind in my life that I could be an actor, never even gave that time a day. It was the girl that I was living with, It was her dream to be an actress, model, in the whole Hollywood deal. And one day, she asked me to go to this acting class with her. So I went to this acting class with her, and I'll be real, I kind of did whatever it is she said, because I thought that if I got her mad, I'd be kicked out of the house. And I was so happy to have a roof over my head. I was like you know, her little pet for a while. So we go to this acting class, And I'm just keeping it 100, you know? It's just the way I talk, you know? But when I went to the acting class, just to keep it real, I thought everybody was dorks and nerds. So I start talking smack in the classroom. And how many know, how many people in here know, it was like a right place, right time story, but how many people in here honestly know to win the lottery, you either gotta be Mexican or over 75 years old? So I'm in this acting class, right place, right time, never thought about acting a day in my life, there was a producer who was sitting in class that day who was scouting talent. And he comes up to me after the class and he goes, hey, you wanna be in a Taco Bell commercial? And I said, oh, cause I'm Mexican, huh, what's, what's up, homie? But I'll tell you what I told them straight up, Latinos to Latinos and our 20 white guests, I'll tell you, I told them like this, I said, There is no way in heck that I will do a Taco Bell commercial for that fake Mexican food. I go, that's against my Latino beliefs. It's against my spiritual roots. When my mind is made up, my mind is made up. It cannot be changed. The answer is no. I will not do a commercial for Taco Bell for that fake Mexican food. Where I stand is where I stand. My decision is my decision. And no, you can leave, sir, and then he told me how much money I was getting paid. And I said, well, just this one time, OK? I, I, was, I, 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 was, I was flexible in my beliefs, right? I was, I, you know, it sucked, but some Mexican had to do it. Might as well be me. So the first thing I ever did in my life was a Taco Bell commercial at the age of 15 years old. Now, this is the trippy part. How many people in here real quick, by a show of hands, how many people in here real quick know what residual income is? Which, were, Yeah, look, a lot of the white people, they invented it. <laughs> they, they invented residual income. So for those of you who don't know what residual income is, it means that every time they show the commercial, you get a check. And I was 15 years old at the time, right? So I was ignorant to that. I thought you gotta like work to get paid, work to get paid, work to get paid. So, what I'm literally saying is if they show the commercial 15 times in one day, that's 15 checks, you feel me? And these checks were clearing. <laughs> and I was cashing them. I, I just wanted to be a good citizen and, and do my part for the community. And, and I went from like nothing to bling bling overnight, like I hit the lottery pretty much. And then it got weird because they turned it into a radio spot. They played the commercial for one year. I got paid for one year for one day's work. And it was, and so I, I was tripping, right? And I called up the producer and I said, hey, why I keep on getting paid? And he explained it to me. And he goes, no, that's how actors get paid. I said, what? Why well, I want to be an actor. <laughs> like, like that? So he liked me, and he goes, man, I'm going to do something for you. He goes, I got a manager friend. I'm going to introduce you. I said, all right, cool. So I go meet this manager, and I come in looking like this. I don't know nothing from nothing. And I'm walking in, and the manager guy goes, I like you, man. I'm going to see what I could do for you. I said, all right, cool. But everything he starts sending me out on was Cholo 1, Gangster 2, Trigger. I said, I thought I was here to act. Some of you will get that on the way home, (laughs) thank you. There were like a couple cardboard cutouts on that one. Is this guy for reals? (laughs) Uh, So I started developing this reputation of the bad guy Latino in Hollywood with several others. And uh, it was a trip though because I just want to be 100%. When Hollywood kicked off, and all the money came in, and I saw the short skirts and the partying, I said, thanks, God, for giving me what I need. I don't need you no more. And my whole life was a party for 20 years. I was wilding out. I'm not saying that I was the craziest in the streets. I'm not saying that at all. But I did four years, I was facing 15 years, attempted murder, armed robbery, assault with a deadly weapon. I've been there, done that. Once again, I'm not saying I was the craziest in the streets, but I've been there, done that, lived that life. I've done a lot of filth and I was just wiling out for 20 years, acting a fool and just doing my thing. In 2007, I get this call for this Clint Eastwood movie. I didn't get the part, I was looking for Clint. and. I went in, and uh, it was crazy, because it was on Warner Brothers Studio, and I say it like this, and he's my best friend now, and I just say it as a joke, but sometimes God got to pull a sneak attack on you. He got he to disrupt your world sometimes to shake you up and get your attention, and what ends up happening was this, this, this crazy white boy comes running up to me, and he goes, hey, you're the one in all the movies, right? I say, yeah, 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 and he, we start talking and start chopping it up. And we're talking about sports, you know, Warner Brothers Studio, quote-unquote celebrities, movies. You know, we're talking about Hollywood and all kinds of different things for three hours, just having a conversation. For three hours, we're just chopping it up. And he didn't say nothing about nothing. We just talked about a bunch of nothing, just regular homie talk, chopping it up. At the end of the three hours, because I went in, I did the interview, I came out, he was waiting for me. He had one of the golf cart deals because he worked on Warner Brothers. And he goes, hey, man, you want to ride back to your car? And I said, yeah, because my car was on the other side of the lot, and Warner Brothers is like a miniature city. It's pretty big. I said, yeah, take me to my car, man. So I go to the car, and I never forget it. When we go to the car, he drops me off, and he goes like this. He goes, all right, G, it was nice meeting you, man. He goes, Father God, I just want to pray for this brother right now in Jesus' name. And he starts, he starts praying for me like that. And, and, and I'm looking around the parking lot like, hold up, man. I got a reputation, homeboy. I'm looking around, making sure nobody's around, coast is clear. I said, I guess we praying. But he was a true light in the dark. There was something different about him. And I got tired of people in the world who say and don't do, non-integrity people and et cetera, et cetera. But this guy was a man who said and did. And there's very few of those out there. And he was a man, I'm not mad by the way, just passion, just passion, just passion. So what ends up happening is He, uh, we became friends for like a year, and I'm just keeping it real. Again, it's just the way I talk, but I'm just keeping it 100. We became friends for like a year, and for one year, I was trying to get him to go to the strip club, and he was trying to get me to go to church, and we had a tug of war, right? Who's going to win this one? And he would never come. So one day I told him, I said, I got to tell you something, man. I go, there's one thing that I don't get about you, and this guy was broke, and he didn't have a lot of money. And this is what I told him straight up. I said, I don't get you, man. I go, your house is about the size of my bathroom. You drive a beat up truck. You always wear the same clothes. You're always struggling to pay your bills. And I go, I don't get it. You have nothing and you're always so happy. I don't get it. And he looked me straight up in the face and he goes, no, you're wrong. He goes, I got everything I need. I got Jesus Christ in my heart. That's what he told me. And I wanted what he had. And I said, you know what? I want to do some business with you. And then he called me out on my street tactics. I was like, well, you a white boy, homie. You ain't even from L.A. Like, so what ends up happening is he said, you know, you're funny. He goes, the one year I known you, you always, yeah, 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 me, like you're going to go to church and you want to do some business with me. He goes, if you really want to do some business with me, he goes, put your money where your mouth is and show me some, show me some solidness, you know, show me some proof. So he goes, you got to come with me to this business seminar. And I said, all right, cool, I'll go with you to this business seminar. It was a setup. It was a Christian seminar. It's a setup. So he takes me to this Christian seminar, right, because he told me. And so I went to this Christian seminar. Now, just so we say this part, I didn't wanna go alone, right? I'm still wilding out acting a fool, mind you. So what ends up happening? I was like, I didn't wanna go alone. I was dating this girl at the time, and I was like, hey, you know, babe, you wanna go with me to this Christian seminar, cause I don't wanna go by myself. And I said, I just don't wanna be alone, so can you come with me? And she's like, yeah, I'll go with you. But here's the catch, though. She lives in Sacramento, and the Christian seminar is in Ontario. For those of you who don't know the difference, that's about a seven hour drive, seven, seven eight hour drive, somewhere in that, in that range, right? So when we went to the and, the, and the Christian seminar was on Saturday and Sunday. So when we go to the Christian seminar on Saturday, trip out on this. The Christian seminar was from 8 a.m. in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. They're like a Christian boot camp, homie, right? So we did the seminar on saturday in the bag done did saturday out right next day so the next day was from 10 a.m to 10 o'clock at night but my girl tells me on the way there she goes hey just so you know she goes we gotta leave on sunday about 1:32 o'clock because i got a seven hour drive back to sacramento and i gotta work on monday i said don't trip I said, uh, we'll leave at one thirty, two o'clock. Let's just go pay our respects real quick. And I go, at 2 o'clock solid, we'll, we'll leave. We're out. Don't worry, I got it, right? So we go. So here's what ends up happening. We're at this Christian seminar, and this guy's ministering the word of God. And so we're sitting in the seminar, and I'm listening, and then 1.30 hits. And my girl goes, hey, it's 1.30. We got we to gotta go now. And I was like, yeah, I know, because by this time, I was really getting into what he was saying, right? I was really deeply involved in getting into it. And I said, wait, just 145. We'll leave at 145. She's like, okay, cool. So, you know, I was like, I'm really getting into it. And she's like, hey, it's 145. We got to go. And I was like, this is good. I, two o'clock. We'll leave. Two o'clock. Long story short, it's about three o'clock. And she's like, we got to go. And I was like, I know. I just, it's so good. And like, so this is what ends up happening. I raise my hand. And that was like a Where's Waldo moment. You know, you ain't supposed to do that, right? So, what ends up happening is this guy's talking because I was getting so into it. She got to go because she got a seven hour drive. And long story short, he's like this God, this, God, that, God, this, God, that, God, this, God, that. And he goes, Sir, I see that hand, but he goes, We're not taking questions right now. And I was right there like this. And he goes, God this and God that and God this and God that, God this, God that. And he goes, sir, I see that hand, but right now is not the time for questions. And I'm still right there like this. (laughs) I can't even make this stuff up. It's a true story. So he's going, he's like, God this and God that, and God this and God. He goes, I see that hand, but we're not taking questions right now. And I was still right there like like this. Now it's getting a little more intense, right? So finally... I'm just going to tell you how it went down. It went down just like this. I'm in the seminar and I went like this. I went Hey, hey, check this out, man. I know I'm not supposed to interrupt the seminar. I apologize to everyone here. But I said, check this out, just real quick. I said, you're talking about God, right? And you're saying that God is inside of you, that God is in you. Well, here's my deal. Here's my problem. I feel like God's tapping me on the shoulder, but I don't feel God inside of me the way you're talking about God inside of you. I go, you got to tell me how I feel God inside of me because me and my girl, we got to go. And I'll never forget what he said. He goes, Son, in order for you to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, he goes, You're going to have to sacrifice, and it will cost you something. And he went right back into preaching. And I just took my seat and said, sorry, everybody. (laughs) I told my girl, I said, you try to go after that. Yellow cab outside, here's 100. (laughs) So we stayed till 10 o'clock. But I'm going to be 100% real with you. When 10 o'clock hit, I didn't want to sign no autographs, take no pictures. I had no time for any of that. We had to leave eight hours ago. We did like Speedy Gonzales and we hit the parking lot and two Navy SEAL Christians jumped off the roof and met us in the parking lot. They were like ninja Christians, came through the smoke, (laughs) stopped us in the parking lot, and the guy goes, hey, 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 I know you're in a hurry. I know you guys got to leave. You've been saying it all day. I know you guys got to bounce. But he said, real quick, man, before you leave, he goes, just real quick, he goes, can can we pray with you? I said, hurry up. (laughs) He walks back inside the building. I said, wait, I'm used to parking lot prayers. (laughs) Let that sink. (laughs) Had one on Warner Brothers. So we go back inside the building. I'm so frustrated at this point. I'm so like I got to go, right? So they take my girl, they're praying for her over there, doing her thing. And at first, I'm gonna tell you how the prayer went straight up. So right there we're praying, and it just started off one-on-one. We're inside the building, and he's praying for me alone. And I kid you not, I'm, being, I'm just like this. I go, oh, he's praying for me, just one-on-one, and I go, Okay, I go, I know Christians aren't rude, so I go, I know he's gonna hurry up this prayer, and I go, he's gonna respect that I gotta go, so this is gonna be a quick prayer. And before I know it, another Christian came up and started praying, and I said, I know this fool did not call back up, you know? So before I know it, they start forming a circle around me, and they all start, I said, these are some rude Christians, man. I'm like, I gotta go, right? And as they started praying for me, something hit me and I wasn't even thinking it. It was the last thing on my mind. It was the last thing I was ever, ever thinking. You know what hit me right then and there in that moment when they started praying for me? It was the pastor who ministered to my life at 15 years old. He popped in my head out of nowhere. I broke down, I started crying And I turned my life back over to God in November 8 of 2000, 2008 of November. And I've been serving God ever since. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to sit here and tell you straight up. I got struggles like anybody else. Don't put anyone on a pedestal who talks up here. I'm under construction. I got my issues as well. You know why a lot of people can't serve God? Is because sometimes it's because of what they have to give up. I always used to have a funny little saying that I used to say all the time. When you become a Christian, I used to say, welcome to the boring life. It's a joke. It's a joke. Some of you Christians are like, get him! <laughs> but it was just a just hood talk, right? What I noticed in life a lot is that sometimes a lot of us in life We chase the blessings of the world instead of the blesser first. And when you chase the blesser first, the blessings of the world, they come chasing you. You don't gotta go chasing them. If you just simply do what God tells you to do, you're gonna find your way making it in a world where you think you can't make it. And people are gonna ask, how are you doing this? How are you able to get a raise at your job when I'm losing my job? How are you able to pay your bills when I can't pay my bills? It's all because I'm doing one thing. I'm simply listening to God and doing what he tells me to do. That's it. I'm gonna give a quick demonstration and I wanna show you guys something so you could see it and not just hear it. I trust you guys now. So, I wanna give you just a quick demonstration of something so you could see it and not just hear it. And this is what I tell people. Well, let me back up one second. I messed up my own thing. Let me back up one second. I'm gonna tell you this one story and then I'll do this demonstration. When you personally know God, you know who you're hearing from. And I tell people, I'm just going to jump into it. Never mind. So I'm going to do the demonstration. So I I messed up my own. Okay, so here it is. So here's the demonstration, right? Let's just say, for example, that you uh, have a dream, a vision, or an idea. And let's say you want to get a job or do something of that nature, right? I'm just going to show you a demonstration so you could see it. So just to make it easy... Just to make it easy, let's say that I want a job at Walmart or Kmart or something like that. Uh, Kmart ain't even around, I'm t- 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 Target, I was giving you a multiple choice. Walmart, Target, whatever, right? It goes like this. I walk in and it goes like this. Hey, what's up, man, you the manager? I'm here about that job. And the manager goes, oh, check this out, man, we're not hiring today. Okay, cool, not a problem, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. He comes back on the second day, says, hey, what's up, man? You the manager? I'm here about that job. And the manager's like, I just told you yesterday we're not hiring. I thought maybe somebody quit, man. My bad, I'm out. I'm I'm gone. Don't worry about it. Comes back on the third day, and he goes, hey, what's up, man? You the manager? I'm here about that job. And the manager's kind of tripping now. He's like, yo, kid, I just told you last, like yesterday and the day before that, you know, we're not hiring. I thought maybe somebody got fired, man. My, My bad, I'm gone. I'm out. Comes back on the fourth day, says, hey, what's up, man, you the manager? I'm here about that job. Now the manager's really chipping. Like, yo kid, I just told you last three days we are not hiring, what don't you get? I thought maybe somebody died, man, my bad, I'm out. I'm gone. (laughs) But let me ask a question because helping yourself doesn't start until you're honest with yourself. And this is not to embarrass, it's not to humiliate. If you don't leave this church today and take something home with you, I would say that's not a good thing. I was trying to find the nicest way to say it. But whenever you come to church, you always wanna take something home with you so you didn't waste your time here. So it starts with being honest with yourself. So let me ask an honest question And this is not to embarrass, to humiliate, but if you guys can answer in sincerity and be honest, how many people in here, by show of hands, would have quitted on the second or third day? By show of hands. Honestly, just be honest, be upfront. That's a lot of hands, don't worry, it's okay. And that's the number one reason why we fail in life. Because we're too easy to quit, we're too easy to give up, we're too easy to throw in the towel. It took me eight years to get my first movie. This was no walk in the park. And I always think if I would have quit it on that seventh year, on that seventh year, if I would have said it's too hard, it's not gonna happen, i give up, this sucks, forget about it. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I'm here to tell you that if you don't quit on that second and third day and you do what God tells you to do, which is use strategy and wisdom that you can and will accomplish your dream, your visions, your business ideas, to give glory to God in a world where we need God's glory. And that's why I'm here to encourage people. I always tell people this. If you do not see yourself being successful, you will never be successful. Because if you don't see it in your own life, how can you be successful? If you don't see yourself being a doctor, you'll never be a doctor. If you don't see yourself being a sports player, you'll never be a sports player. If you don't see yourself owning a business, you'll never own a business. If you don't see yourself taking off, you'll never take off. I'm here to let you guys know that God is your power source. And if you keep on pushing and fighting, and you keep on doing your thing, that you can and will make your dream a reality. God wants that for you, whether it takes one year, 10 years, or 15 years, you don't give up. And I, and I tell people this, a lot of people say don't give up, and all that stuff. And I think just a little bit, it's a little bit of a cliche, I wanna say something behind that. Not giving up is real and true, But you know how you start advancing in life? It's just when you're a person of integrity. When you're someone who does what you say, people want to do favors for you. And that's how you advance in life. That's how you move forward in life. You know, someone taught me something one time. If you're one of these people, if you're one of these people who says, I'm sorry I forgot to do that email. I'm sorry that I'm late. I'm sorry that I forgot to make that phone call you told me to make. I'm sorry that I forgot to uh, fax that paper or whatever. You know what ends up happening? You just become a sorry worker. I'm here to tell you guys in tough love because I want to see you guys succeed. I did a, um, I worked in a, I'm going to do one more demonstration right after this. I, um, I worked in a convalescent home. And when I was there at that time, they did a survey, and they asked everybody over 65 years old, if you could go back and change something about your life, what would you have done differently? You know over 83% of the people in there, they said that they would have took more risks and more challenges in life. Because now they're 65 and older wondering, could have I owned that business? Could have I started that clothing line? Could have I became that singer? Could have I became that doctor? You gotta take risks and challenges in your life. And if you don't take the opportunity, when God puts the opportunity in front of you, you know what ends up happening? You mess your blessing. You mess your blessing. Right now, with that said, I need a volunteer. A brave volunteer. The brave volunteer. Just run up here, a brave volunteer. A brave volunteer. There you go. There you go. She beat you. Come here, sister. Got a gangster on stage. (laughs) That's what's up. So now I just want to show something real quick. Just for coming up here, I'm going to bless you already, but you're going to earn your money. You ain't just going to get it for free. That's right. I gave her $100 just for coming up here. You see, I didn't do that because this or that. I did it just to prove a point. When you don't take that opportunity right then and there in the moment in front of you, you never know what could have happened. And that's why I'm here to show you guys that if you take that risk, you take that chance, you never know what blessing you're going to get. You never know what God has for you on the other side of the door. You hear me? Now, now. We're gonna, and she ran, I know. But now this is the part where she's gonna earn her money. I'm like, they didn't get me at Home Depot, all right? Just so we're clear. I'm just kidding. All right. What's your name? Trina. Trina, give her a round of applause just for coming up. Oh, you got ice in here? Uh, let me see, I need, I need like an object. I don't wanna ruin this. Uh, no, we'll, no, 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 don't. I got, oh, I got some, I got some, I got some, I got some. I got some. All right. I'm going to show you guys, I'm going to show you guys something so you could see it and not just hear it to help you understand something. Again, you're going to see it so you just don't hear it. Here we go. Take this bottle of water out of my hand. When did you take it? Right now, just right now, right now. All right, give it time. You'll see where I'm going. Take this bottle of water out of my hand. When when did you take it? I took it right now. Now you're gonna get what I'm saying. Take this bottle of water out of my hand. You, you wait 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 wait. You, I I know I know. Hold on hold on hold on. Work with me here. You don't got. I gotta check you. I, you got, I know. Hold I need you to walk through a metal detector. Not a so, no, just, just work with me here, okay? So watch. I said take it, but, but you didn't take it right. Now watch this. You're holding this water right now. Do you believe that? Yeah, because I took it already. Do, do you believe you're holding this water? I do. I'm holding it. Where are you holding it? I got it. Inside of me. Inside, oh, so you know this. So... You got the water. I got the water inside of me. You didn't see my crushed ice? It's inside of me. Okay, I, I always had to get the tough one, right? Hi. <laughs> right. So here, okay, so here you go. That's good. That's a good answer. So check this out. Here you go. So then for the ones who didn't get it, you're going to get it with this. So I go, where did you take it? Now grab it. Before you took it. Calm down, sis. <laughs> Ang- anger management. All right. I, I got numbers to counselors, don't worry. All right, so now, now here we go, just, but just do it softly for the demonstration. So here you go, here you go. Calm down, calm down. All right, so now where did you take it before you took it? See, so she said it already. So here's the point that I'm making. Before she took it on the outside, God had to put it on the inside of her. So, so here's my point. God gives you a business idea. It's already done. It's already finished. It's already finished. Everything you do now in the present is in the past because God has already finished it in the future. I needed that. that. But now, here's the part. Give her a round of applause. Give her a round of applause. came to protect you. Oh, got you. We were just playing, bro. <laughs> so... Hey, it's hot. I could take the water splash. The point of that demonstration is you're going to have to fight for your dream to become a reality. It's not going to be. It's not gonna be given to you. We're in a world now where the devil is putting up so much roadblocks and so many speed bumps that people are giving up on their dreams. People don't see the opportunity, they don't see the dream being alive, but God has already given it to you. And the people who quit on their second and third day, that's the reason why we don't have a lot of God's glory businesses out there, because people are quitting on their dream, not manifesting it outside of them to show glory to God through whatever business it is that they're doing, which is really God's business. So that's why I tell people, Never give up, and you're gonna have to fight for it. And now we're such in a harder world where you're gonna have to fight that much more. So I just want to encourage and inspire, and I want you guys to know that if I did it, some street thug, and I'm living, and I was facing 15 years, all these different battles, if I did it, you definitely could do it. How many people watch Shark Tank? You see all these people? So. With that said, I just wanted to close on that because I wanna let you guys know, and I'll say this last thing, and then the worship team could start coming up. I wanna say this last thing. You know what the richest place in the world is? The richest place in the world is the cemetery. That's where all the best books are at, the best businesses are at, because those are all the people who quitted on their dreams and didn't manifest it outside of them and now Because they quitted on their dreams, we never ever get to see what it was that God had for everybody, amen. The the worship team, we're my ninja worshipers. Uh, Are you you gonna sing a duet, American Idol? Uh, So just to say this last thing, I'm not a hit and run guy. Um, I'm gonna be outside, I'm gonna be signing autographs if you guys are interested, if you wanna get a gift for yourself or someone else. I'm just selling some Fast and Furious Hot Wheel cars and some autographs. Uh, pictures are free, of course, so I'm just letting you guys know if you wanna do a little small meet and greet at the end of this service, I'm gonna be back there hanging out. So I, would, I, I, you know, I wish we all had that individual time. And the last thing I wanna say is uh, I need friends. So follow my Instagram, G actor noel g follow my instagram if you want to keep up with me and see some of the things that i'm doing out there and what i call Hollywood. but uh and i always say this too instead of keeping it gangster keep it godster i used i say this i used to be a gangster for the world now i'm a godster for jesus christ so where's the worship team no worship team huh no worship team? Okay, well then we just gonna wing we gonna wing it. I would ask everybody to stand. You're not even a piano player? Something? Uh, I'm all, I, all I can play is jazz. See if it works. Oh no, they wanted to shut me up on that one. Alright. So I'm gonna do two altar calls. The first altar call. Is for anybody in here who doesn't know Jesus Christ, hasn't accepted Jesus into their heart. You tried it every other way except God's way. I just want to invite you. And you know, Jesus, to be honest, is the most gangster out there, to be real. Jesus said himself, if you reject me, I'll reject you. Don't get mad at the FedEx guy. I'm just the one who mailed the package. I didn't mail it. But that's what that's in God's word. If you reject him, he'll reject you. So I tell people, the Bible is the most rated art book out there. Straight up. So anybody out here who has not accepted God into their heart, who has not given Jesus Christ his opportunity, his chance, allowed him into your system. I want to invite you guys right now, just come forward without thinking about it. And right here and now, you could turn your life over to God. You could get a new start. You could push the refresh button. You can have a new life. Yes, there's opportunity out there for you. Yes, He wants all these things for you. But in order for Him to give you time a day, you gotta give Him time a day. So does anybody out there wanna turn their life over to God? If you do, without even thinking about it, just come forward. Just come forward if you wanna turn your life over to God. Here's some people walking, if, if, if you want, Just come forward. And who cares what the person on the right or the left of you think. It's the best decision you can make for yourself. Anybody want to turn their life over to God, just come forward. I know there's more out there. I know there's more out there. I'm going to give it about a minute or less. Anybody else, without even thinking about it, I'm telling you, this is the best decision you'll ever make in your life is serving God. I promise you that but you won't be able to see what's on the other side until you allow him in to see what's on the other side. Anybody else out there, here comes some more people. Anybody else out there that wants to, sometimes, sometimes people just need a little push, a little shove. Anybody else out there who just says, God, I need you. God, I want to give you a chance. God, I want to go all in with you. I'm tired of trying it my friend's way, my sister's way, my brother's way. Anybody else? Got some more people. Anybody else? Anybody else? Here's the second altar call. Everybody who raised their hand, that said they would give up on the second or third day, I would ask all you guys to come forward. And anybody else, who needs God's strength, and there was a lot of hands up. I want you guys to not give up. I want you to know that God is your power source. I want you to know that you can plug into God, that God can make your dream a reality. So anybody else that just says, Jesus, I want more strength, I want more of your power, I want more of you to accomplish my goals, accomplish my dreams, accomplish my visions. I want to get to know you more personally, more intimately. I need your strength inside of me so I can do what it is that I'm meant to do. So I know my identity, I know my purpose, I can push my idea, my dream, My vision, I could push it forward, but I know that I could only do it with you. If you guys need that extra strength today, I would ask you guys to come forward and say, Father God, I need your strength. I know you're my power source. I'm plugging into you today to not quit, to not give up, to be a person of integrity, to be someone who does what they say, to advance in my workplace, to get raises when others can't, to get jobs when others can't, to make businesses happen when others can't. Because I know that I have you on my team. I would encourage you guys to come forward without a shadow of a doubt. Father God, I just pray right now. I thank you, Father, for everyone who has come forward, put their trust in you, their strength in you. I thank you, Father God, that we know that you are our power source. I thank you, Father God, that we know that without you, it is a more difficult fight. I thank you that you are willing to be in our fight that you are willing to guide our choices, guide our decisions, that you are willing to make that unguided missile a guided missile, because a guided missile with a target is always more effective than an unguided missile. We thank you, Father God, for you being a part of our decisions, a part of our choices. We thank you, Father God, for forgiving us of our sins multiple times over and over again when we have messed up and picked ourselves back up. We know that champions have broke bones and made mistakes, but the reason why they are the champions that they are today is for the simple fact that they never stopped playing the game. They never quit playing the game. Even though they made all these mistakes and broke all these bones, they kept on going, and now that's what made them the champions that they are today. So I thank you, Father God, for champions in this church. I thank you, Father God, for successful businesses in this church. I thank you, Father God, for raises. I thank you, Father God, for more jobs. I thank you, Father God, for financial needs, for resources, for providing us with everything we need to be able to wake up daily and know that everything we have is because of you. I know, Father God, that you are a God of order. I thank you, Father God, for starting to bless us because we are putting our life back into order when we start with you and let you direct our path. Right now, I just ask, Father, that you forgive us of any wrongdoings, anything that we have done. We just ask you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We love you so much without any shame. And I thank you, Father God, for the success that you have brought and are going to bring to us from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said. That's yes. what's up. Pastor Al. Yes. Yes, praise the Lord. Man. Don't, thank you, Noel. Don't give a Mexican a mic. I'll talk. Man, thank you, brother. All right. I'm going to be outside chilling. Man I God. love all you guys. And uh, just a lot of love and I'm done. Give him another big hand clap for being a servant of the Lord for Jesus. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is here is our love